Today in Movie Rollers, we talk about Creed 3, Air, and John Wick, Chapter 4. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And yes, you as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this podcast is for you. Woot, woot. We're together again. I feel like I say that at the beginning of most podcasts. <laughs> you because do it's, say that at the beginning Because you know why? We don't podcast. record enough. Well, Correct. whose fault is that? You Yours. <laughs> You're the scheduler. All Joe's fault. Well, actually, in fact, the delay in uh, publication of our previous podcast is entirely down Joe's to me. Joe's fault. What I will say, um, that due to a production challenge, logistics, <laughs> it took a bit more editing than I, I needed sure. to do. So every time I sat down to re- to do it, I ended up having a hundred. Yeah. And I traveled to the UK and then... It has been a busy few weeks so, personally. Because normally, normally what we, we're actually, we've got this down to where we basically just record these live. Yeah. through. I don't chop anything or edit anything <gasps> or tighten it up. This is... Raw, this is how it is. Uncensored movie while there's goodness. Uncut, unplugged. Unplugged, uncut. This is uncensored. us. Now we're, we're plugged in. We've got like 17 devices. Yes. Recording. Anyhow, so apologies for the delay, but yes, we are back together. Yeah, and I was, I guess we've all been in the back of an aeroplane watching movies, so mm-hmm. this should be a yeah, good... you've travelled, um, I've travelled. Yep. Have you travelled? Not since January. Well, then yes. travel. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> Yes. So why don't we jump straight into our Netflix or, you know, streaming picks? I can't, I can't find, find anything, anything to, watch to watch on, on VOD. VOD. Yeah. So who wants to go first? By the way, video, oh. VOD is video on demand. Yes. I don't know a better term. I figured it's the general. I think streaming. I streaming. can't find anything to watch on streaming. That should be it. For some reason, that feels grammatically clumsy. Well, it's a new word. I can't find anything. I don't find anything to stream, but that sounds like urinating. So never oh, mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and streaming wasn't, the verb to stream didn't exist previously, right? Correct. But this we're using it. south really quickly. Sorry. <laughs> we're using it as a noun. I can't find anything to watch on streaming. Yeah, that's true. It's clumsy. I can't find anything to stream. How about that? <laughs> well, drink some more water. <laughs> I know. All right. Time out. Okay. I can't find anything to watch on VOD. Okay. Okay. Video on demand. Okay. Okay. So, Yazdi, why don't you go first? So, I'll... Okay, good. Then I'm going to cheat and I'm going to recommend two movies. I'm going to do two as well. Yes. And and my my running theme theme through through both of those recommendations is that they're both set in London. Which, you know, even though I, you know, I have, it's beautiful. Both of those movies are a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to talk about the lesser one first, which is a movie which is on Amazon. It's called The People We Hate at the Wedding. I saw that. It's got a great cast. Kristen Bell is in it. Ben Platt, Alison Janney, Dustin Milligan from Schitt's Creek is in it. Um, It's a better romantic comedy than it needs to be. It's a lot of fun. It's very silly. Did you, you have seen it? I've seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's silly. It's cute. It's cute. I mean, you know, spending time with Kristen Bell and Alison Janney and, you know, it's always fun. Yes. And, you know, it it shows London like it's not. Yes. It's just everything is 
shiny and I know, I was like, is that the place I grew up in? Right. That does not look like the place I grew up in. Right. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's cute. It's cute. Yeah. If you're looking for just empty, something to clear decompressed calories. Right, empty calories. Good, then good pick. The people be here at the wedding. The one that I'm going to really recommend and I suggest people rush out and get on your Hudu accounts and watch is this wonderful, wistful, aching, beautiful, gorgeous movie called Rye Lane, R-Y-E-L-A-N-E. It's set in North London, where Rye Lane is. Um, and it's sort of a retelling of Before Sunrise. It's about two strangers <gasps> really? who meet in North London. Okay. Uh, one of them is crying in the bathroom at an art exhibit, and uh -huh. the other one starts talking with them. And Sounds like how Joe and I met. He exactly. was crying. <laughs> well, I had to rescue him. That's exactly what happens. The guy is the one who's crying. So the movie really plays with with you know expectations for for your for your romantic comedy, but it's just the two of these people who genuinely like each other, uh, who just spend the rest of the day walking around London, and then it kind of makes a little leap towards the end. But it's it's remarkable because the script is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable because it's a part of London that I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not this glitzy, shiny. But more than anything else, I love the movie for its visual look. It's, I mean, I, I can't think of another movie I've seen which is so intentionally visual, like, like Wes Anderson mm. does that. You know, some directors do that where it's all about the visuals. And it plays with... Um, artifice, a lot of things kind of happen unrealistically, but it's how they've imagined it to happen. And there are, there's color everywhere. There's these wide fisheye lens. Um, and I think movies don't do a good job with lighting dark-skinned individuals. These are both yeah. black individuals. And this movie with all the neon lights, their faces are constantly bathed in such beautiful colors. So anyway... And it's wistful and it's aching and these people are so flawed and they keep talking about their exes. It's just, it just filled me up. This gives me hope for for romantic comedies, Rye Lane on Hulu. Please watch it. And yes, given we've, you know, those before sunset, after sunrise, all of those are so masterful. Does this feel like a cheap cousin? No, like a no, cheap no. This second or it's good? Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, because the script is just so good. The script okay. is so good. They are very believable. Um. Yeah, it's, okay. it's grungy, but in a very stylistic way. Um. Yeah, I I I kind of was. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna both I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. Um. I love seeing London on film. Yes. Um. Okay. Mine are a cheat as well. So I was on the back of an airplane and I watched a man called Otto, mm -hmm. which is currently on Netflix, and it's the Tom Hanks remake of the delightful movie we saw at. I think Tribeca a few years ago called A Man Called Ove or Ove, okay. which was actually based on a book. Um, and A Man Called Ove is actually playing on Prime. So um, mm. you can watch the original um, Scandinavian version on Amazon Prime, which I love that movie so much. And then if you want, you can do a compare and contrast with Netflix, A Man Called Otto. So A Man Called Otto, it's a slightly different story. They've taken a few liberties with the original um, but you know, it's, it's good enough. My only complaint is that Tom Hanks is a little unbelievable in it. And, and that kind of follows on from that mm. terrible performance he gave in Elvis recently. Um, <laughs> it's up. not as bad as that, but I don't know. He seems to be playing plastic these days. Um, but anyway, both are quite 
The first one, A Man Called Ove on Amazon Prime is fantastic. And A Man Called Otto, Otto's Not Bad. Very good. Joe, what's yours? If I was to be lazy, I would probably recommend... Are you going to get two in? You're going to cheat. Do I'm two, do two. two. That's well, double. it's been a while been since a while, we yeah. recorded. That's Might true. As well. I'm, I'm going to trump you all. I'm going to do three. <gasps> no! So, what? Uh, Nobody <laughs> out trumps me. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody out, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Hateful Eight oh, yeah. is back in its Netflix serialized version the five episodes they did an extended really? yeah they did an extended version of yeah, the hateful eight and because it. the movie was already so long um they split it up into separate episodes and they called it season one so netflix is re-releasing that on april 25th which, oh. um you know I, I think it makes the movie um a little bit more digestible to have it in chunks because yeah. it's it's long and it's kind of intense and it does chapterize quite well yeah uh, and they added in some additional scenes in that I still think I prefer the original movie version of it because it, it flows and it's self-contained and, um, you know, it's beautifully kind of, you know, I, I always talk beautifully about... Beautifully Tarantino. The Tarantino kind of, um, you know, the way he kind of sets up all these little time bombs everywhere and then you're just waiting for them all to explode. And, and this is a great uh, a, a version of that. Um so that that would be my lazy pick. My really lazy pick would be Inception. Because Didn't think it, it could get lazier. Come, Are you serious? It comes out uh, again. Uh, there's well in in my uh, every podcast opportunity to bring up Christopher Nolan to be a cliche and parody of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Oppenheimer is counting down in yes. July, but obviously, uh, which is as, a good reminder for my birthday happens, too, Joe. Joe has like a constant reminder of when my birthday is now because there's literally a clock. Countdown clocks Countdown everywhere clock. for, for Oppenheimer. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that would be a lazy pick because, uh, again, I think Inception is one of Nolan's finest efforts. But my actual pick is um, not, a, not a movie, unfortunately. I'm going to pick uh, John Stewart's The Problem, mm-hmm. which is out on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, you know, I somehow missed that whole thing. It's now in season two, and honestly, um, it's, it's really like, good. I mean, if have you, you watched it, Yasti? Y- I've watched pieces of it on YouTube. Yes, and it's that's, that's really that's good. Actually, how I came across it was Instagram. There was an Instagram reel that popped up in my feed, which showed him debating the the, the gun debate with somebody. Yes. And um, it was like a, a 60 minute or a two minute clip or whatever, but it, it drew me in. And um, so now I'm kind of eager to watch the rest of we've them. We've gone back. Yeah, We're trying watched, to start watching them, them from the start. They're so good. Are there good ones and bad ones or they're all uniformly good? You know, I haven't watched enough we've of them only to watched really two. say that. We've watched okay. two. Yeah. But and I slept through half of one. Well, you were jet I was jet lagged, so, yeah. Right. Uh, it's definitely, um, you know... You, you kind of have to align politically with John Stewart, but I think what I really like about the way that he breaks down uh, each topic is that it's kind of like a less mania version of uh, Hassan Minaj's um, mm-hmm. series that he did on Netflix as well. Um, it it's it just seems to be... I, I love the way he, he kind of draws people into de- into debates and then logic bombs them with, with you know, pure kind of, you know, the reason your argument makes no sense is because. Yeah. And watch these people squirm as they stick to their talking points. And so he, he And even that. if they don't squirm, it just highlights how ridiculous their position is, not based well, on, in fact, it's based on emotion. Uh, they, I think that's they, what they he does really well. may not have well. a reasonable argument. I think in many, in many cases, you know, they, they have a position that they take, but the spokespeople can't rely purely on logic 
because um, it, it's too politically charged to, to take one side or the other. But anyway, I don't want to get too much into that. It's a great show. Uh, it's very entertaining. He's very funny. He, he really strikes, the, to me, to my mind, uh, at the heart of the matter. Doesn't necessarily provide anything in terms of resolution or suggestions or ideas, but it really does help me kind of um, see see the thing from different perspectives. I think it's quite balanced and it's really good. So John Stewart's the problem, and it's on Apple TV Plus. Yes, the you, problem with John Stewart, right? Or maybe that's yeah, that's right. It's called the problem right. with John Stewart. That, yes. Thank you for the catch. Uh, but Apple TV Plus, uh, you'll find it there. So yes, your picks were. The people we hate at the wedding, uh, which is on Prime, ne- on Prime, and uh, Rye Lane, R Y E L A N E, which is on Hulu. A man called Otto, which is on Netflix, and a man called Over, uh, O V E, which is on Amazon Prime. And then my lazy pick of the Hateful Eight extended season one, uh, and the problem with John Stewart. Excellent, fun times. Okay. Um, we have a triple bill of movies to discuss today. Why don't we start? All big budget, big big star power movies. They are, yeah. Sequel. Two I mean, of them are sequels. Correct. This is this is a a, a good a good launch for this yeah. next part of the year. Now that we're past the, the awards season, yes, exactly. yes, yes, we will be regular now. Actually, get, in fact, I spoke to the um, the, the lovely the, rep. Uh, yeah, the publicist slash rep um, who organizes a lot of the screenings and she said, it's going to get really busy now. Yay! So. We are through the barren lands. I feel like, and fields. I feel like, uh, so just before we get into it, jo- Joe and I, I was going to say John and I, no, Joe and I went Who's to John? see John Wick yesterday mm-hmm. evening as civilians and there didn't look like there was an empty seat in the house, well, which was that, really nice. There was a line to get into the movie theater. Right. Yes. As in a real line outside the box office. Wow. When we got in there, AMC? The, yeah, AMC. the concession stand had a line that was 20 people deep. So we couldn't get ice cream. So we couldn't get our snacks. Because here's my thing with AMC. There's half an hour of trailers before every movie. I'm not watching half an hour trailers. Number one. I love trailers. I'm very selective about the trailers that I watch and their proximity to watching the movie. And they have half an hour of trailers. Like, I, well, love I love trailers. trailers. What I Me don't too. like is if I have to see Nicole Kidman one more time talking about <laughs> heartache feels great here. Whatever. I, I just I'm I so sick of it. That woman. <laughs> it's the middle of next week. I think they <laughs> jibed at her at the Oscars. They as well, did. They, they made a joke. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they paid her like two million dollars, so now they're getting their money's worth. So they keep showing it. But it's yeah. like, come on, stop AMC. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, just yes. to say, I'm thinking that now we are past COVID, which it feels like we are, mm-hmm. and. Um, Things are getting back to normal. I'm hoping all... There's a lot of movies coming. I think this is going to be a big year for theatres. I do I too. Think all, I think everything is going to be released. Because there, there, no, there were no open seats in the, the screening that we saw. And it was And it was playing every 15... There was a 6.45 and then a 7.15 and then a... Yeah. There were enough showings. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yay. So let's get into it then. Okay, so... Um, by the way, Yasti, this tea you bought, oh, so good. It's so good. So good. Yasti okay. bought us, well, now you have to say more about it, hon. You can't just say, Just take oh. a picture and put it on Instagram. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yasti bought us some delicious, very beautifully packaged in little triangles. Little pyramids Little of pyramids tea of tea bags. And it's not that tea which has the leaf. It's not that Correct. one. It was beautiful. It's nice. Yeah. Instagram. 
Yes. Yes, Because I can't okay. remember what it was called, but it was delicious. It was delicious. Okay. Okay. Um, Creed 3. So, little giveaway there. It's the third <laughs> in the series <laughs> of Creed movies, which... Um, Actually, um, you know, I'm, I've, I've, watched, I've watched Creed 1 and Creed 2. I've not seen Creed 3. Um, as much as they are very much uh, reworkings of the Rocky Balboa story um, in a modern kind of context, um, I find them to be incredibly entertaining. So I was gutted, actually. I couldn't make the screening of, of Creed 3. I think I was... Uh, traveling. Tra- I think you're traveling. Um, nonetheless, uh, Creed 3 comes along and it's the third movie uh, star- starring, as always, Michael B. Jordan. Um, also, in this case, directed by Michael B. Jordan. And I don't know that he um, had that hand in the previous one, but uh, he's, he's here with his uh, off- oftentimes collaborator, um, Keenan Kugler, I think. Uh, Ryan Kugler. Th- it says Keenan Kugler here in the As credits, the writer, yeah. yeah. It's Ryan. I know him as Ryan Kugler, who, who wrote this, and I know that um, he And Ryan's collect- there as a producer. He's Ooh. collaborated with um, the, the Kuglers before. Um, Precy here is, after dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed, played by Michael B. Jordan, has been thriving in both his career and family life. When a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damien played by Jonathan Majors, the now controversial Jonathan Majors, um, resurfaces mm. after a long sentence in prison. He is eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. Tell me that this was as fun and as entertaining as the previous entries because the Rotten Tomato score suggests it is. I love this movie. And not just because Michael B. Jordan looks fine um, in it. Everyone looks really, really good in this. Um, it's a very... And, and, and so I had only seen Creed 1. I didn't watch Creed 2. But it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's very... Um, you can just pick up where you... You know, it, it's a good standalone movie. But there are some elements to this. I love the... This is kind of like a backstory. It shows a little bit of why Adonis Creed is who he is. Um, it's a really good full story. It's more than about the boxing. The boxing is kind of like there but it feels like the tool to actually tell quite an interesting story about these characters um and i love the fact that they have um you know it's it's in the future now and they've got a little girl who is um uh hearing challenged so Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of sign language and she's delightful um little actress called uh mila davis kent who was delightful to watch all in all this is just such a good story and the, and the action scenes, the fighting scenes are really, really good. Really good movie. Kirsty? Yeah, I wrote in my notes, uh, it's a good time to be Jonathan Majors, but yes. m- maybe not Uh-oh. anymore, but things have changed a little bit. But but regardless, I think this movie is uh, singularly elevated by him. Um, so I, I, think, I think there are two things uh, which are unique about this movie. One is that it's a very auspicious directorial debut from Michael B. Jordan. I mean, yes, it's not I the best, that. It's not the best movie I've seen, but it really holds up very well. It's a very sturdy movie. And, you know, he actually, you know, um, takes a back seat very often. Like very mm-hmm. often it's more about 
his mom or his wife and his daughter or, you know, so there isn't too much rara about Adonis Creed himself, which is, which is very commendable. But I think it's just uh, technically, visually, thematically, pacing wise, it's, 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 you know, again, it's not the best for my watch, but it's, it's, it holds up. It's solid. very sturdy. Very I like sturdy. how you said it. Yeah. Very solid. Very solid. And then um, Jonathan Majors, you know, he plays a very slippery, unusual, almost the bad guy, but the good guy. And he brings that anger with him, which I was genuinely scared for him, which, you know, is, you know, is not, I was scared about how he might leash out because his anger was so volatile. So, you know, he, he has an, very bright future, you know, if you do, if things don't mess up on the personal front. But, mm. you know, I really like what he brought in here. And then, you know, we never talk about movies after we leave. But the one thing we did talk about is I want to find out who did the costume, <gasps> the costume for Michael was B. Jordan. Fantastic. And I want to buy my whole wardrobe from that person. <laughs> because whether he's in workout gear or whether he's running or whether he's wearing these amazing suits the whole time. I mean, I'm like, what the hell? Where did he find these clothes? I mean, and I'm not usually a, you know, Honestly, it jumped person. out. It, it jumped, really jumped out of out. both of us. I was like, man, Yazdi, you need to go get that wardrobe. I mean, it helps that if you, that you look like and you're built like Jonathan Majors. Say, he could like wear a piece of, of rag. beef, isn't he? Right. Like, and anything will look No, good. he's not so big that he's obnoxious. You know, he's not no, like a... but I don't think there's an ounce of fat anywhere on no, his body. No, well... <laughs> but but he he makes that wardrobe really sing. So I I, I really I really like that. So I think it's a, it's a very proficient movie. I like that there's a lot of uh, emotionality underneath it about his mother's story and his daughter's story and him kind of having this constant friction with his wife. Um, so yeah, it's it it doesn't need to be as good as it is. Yeah, and I like that there's ambiguity. I think we're starting to see that in a lot more movies where there's ambiguity about the bad guy, right? It's not, we've moved away from good and good is good and bad is bad. There seem to be a lot of movies now where the, where the anti-hero is more ambiguous, right? They have a reason to be angry, a valid reason to be it's evil. It's more interesting that way. Yeah, it's way more interesting. And so I think that Jonathan Major's character and that interplay between him and um, Adonis Creed when you find out the connection mm -hmm. is really interesting. And it's kind of like, you know, what if you'd been born somewhere else? What if you'd taken that, you know, like sliding doors? What if you'd made one action instead of another? Mm -hmm. So it really plays well into that. It's a very good story. I, I can sum this one up, yes, if you've got no more to say. No, I, I really like that there is a part in the movie later on where he kind of has this pretty major disagreement with his wife about how things have played out mm -hmm. and the choices he's made. And he shoots the whole argument as just close-ups, which normally sounds kind of, it doesn't sound good, but it really works in this case because then they're both very good actors, especially Tessa Thompson, yes, who plays his wife. Great. You know, that it's right. really focused. Yeah. So she, it focuses on her face and that's a really good call. And then I've heard some complaints about the final fight scene in the movie that people were like, Oh, it looks too CGI or whatever. I think it's actually elevated because he does this kind of raging bull kind of thing where 
almost the rest of the audience kind of melts away and it's just the two of them fighting and it, it goes black and whitish. And he, he, it's, I loved it. it. So it's really good because, you know, at this point coming in after Rocky 1 through 17 and, you know, Creed 1 <laughs> and 2, we have seen these final fight scenes and you do need to up the game. And I think at least visually he ups the game. So yeah, I, I, appreciate I forgot that, that Yazdi. Yeah, yeah, so it looks like no one else is there and it's just right. the two of them. And it's it's very... It's a very good repre representation of what they're going through personally as well as what they're having to do publicly. Mm, really nice. good. Really, really good. I can sum this one up. Yes. This is a knockout for me. Uh, all eight rounds go to Creed 3, 8 out of 10. Yes, they yeah, I would give it a seven and a half out of 10. But, you know, c considering all the things it does well, I'll bump it up to an eight out of 10. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just that wardrobe. Just that wardrobe. And I'm, I'm just, I'm... You know, he he has been, Michael B. Jordan has been kind of very well regarded for a few years, but he didn't have to direct a movie in his 30s. And he chose to do it and he put in the hard work and he came through. So I'm just just happy for him. Good, good on him. Creed 1 and 2 are both movies that I've actually seen on a plane. Oh. And um, should, is this a big screen movie? I mean, it's great on the big screen, but I think it would do equally well on a regular okay. screen yeah there are some scenes there's one which is set in a nightclub where the sound is so good and it's, yeah. a big screen. Um, it's visually very good i mean this movie is also notable it's because very it, glitzy it does not have stallone in this movie whereas creed one and two did i don't know what what happened i'm kind of glad he's yeah, not in it yeah, to be it honest kind of, it's, it's a cleaner story well the transition is done yeah right? i mean yeah. they've handed yeah. over the baton correct and and he is the new rocky correct Cool. Do you think there will be more? I hope yes, so. I think okay. Maybe yeah, not right away. It's a great franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. Yeah. No, I think he uh, he, he brings it every time. And I've, I've been impressed with Creed 1. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Let's transition it's then me now. to the movie it's Air. Yes, it's me. And I'm dying to hear what you thought of this, unfortunately. I couldn't do the screener of this one. Mm -hmm. But um, from director Ben Affleck, um, Air follows the history of a shoe salesman called Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball goat, Michael Jordan. And this has a very esteemed cast. It has Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Ben and Affleck's in here, Chris Messina, Viola Davis, um, Julius Tennant, and a whole host of others. So is this a, and it's it's also a periody piece, you know, ben, ben Affleck seems to love doing those period pieces. So um, period, I mean by 80s and 90s, I'm dating us. Um, anyway, should I rush out and see this one? Yazdi, tell us about Air. Yes, stop talking and go and leave right <gasps> really? now. Really? <laughs> um, I love Jason Bateman. So the cast is unimprovable. So there's a lot of things I can say about this, but let's start with the cast. The cast is unimprovable. Um, and, you know, I think this movie, one of the things I loved about this movie, and there's many things I loved about it, but one of the things I loved about it is it really digs into the 80s-ness of it all. Mm. This is a movie which is which looks like something which was shot in the 80s. It breeds it. And it goes from beyond caricature. I think there is maybe one or two scenes where, you know, like I think uh, he's wearing this workout gear, which looks so ridiculous right now because it, in the 80s, people used to wear this weird running outfits. But beyond that, it transcends the period it is in. And actually, the fact that it's set in the 80s, because it's such a good script, 
it uses the 80s setup to remind us how much things have changed. Oh. Like little things like we used to use maps, yeah. like paper maps when yes. you were driving. Little things like, you know, the phones came with wires, yeah. even in a car. They were wired phones. So it really, there's all this little things because it's said in the 80s that it does so well. But here's the, here's the main reason, and we will say more, but here's the main reason why I think uh, this movie is so good is because... You know, we've talked about Ben Affleck before. You know, I think he's an underrated actor with the right director and the right circumstances. He can be very, very good. Yeah. But I think his space is behind the camera. Mm. I mean, he this is his fourth or fifth film that he's directed. And he has just such a good instinct for telling good stories. And he should not, he should be a director who's much in demand, but he's not. I mean, he did The Town. He did Gone Baby Gone. He did Argo. And now he's doing all this. All great movies. All great movies. And yeah. now he's doing this one. And he has the good sense to recognize that when you have a good story on your hands, all you have to do is tell it well and then get the hell out of its way, which is what it does. He gets out of its way. He doesn't try to beef up with extra characters or extra, you know, an extra punch at the end. The movie ends when it does. I, I really like this movie. Okay, good. Yeah. Joe, do you agree with Yazdi? Uh, what I will, I'll, I'll start by saying this movie is fabulously entertaining. I mean, it so, really is. Yeah, it plays it like a sports drama. Uh, you know, we have our, we have our finale and, and... Because it's about a shoe, essentially. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that's kind of where I'm going to kind of qualify and go into slightly grumpy mode, which is despite how polished uh, this movie is and everything Yazdi said about the look and feel of it and, and the transportive nature. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of money being spent on getting the 80s look just right, all the way down to kind of the, the colours and the film grain and the, um, you know, the office buildings. And I mean, everything looks just right. The cars, you know? yeah. Yeah, everything. Um but it it didn't it, it my 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 main struggle with it is that it it felt like kind of a pointless story it mm. like yeah. this is this is the story of a how shoe. a shoe was marketed um fundamentally and i know that there's a lot of drama about that and i think the book on which it's based probably has um a, a lot more kind of drama and insight into a lot of the decision making and the risks that were taken and uh you know what what shoe marketing used to be and ultimately you know the the, the real for me interest is uh these guys there's some title cards that pop up at the end of the movie that say what this went on to be right um absolutely fascinating set of facts and 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 uh it, it, it changed an entire industry. But I don't think that came across in the movie. This was all about them trying to basically get a, get a signature. Hmm. It's, you know, two hours of them pursuing a signature on a, on a document. And, and I hear Michael, Michael um, Jordan isn't even in the movie. Correct. It's not about him. It's not about him. It's not about his accomplishments, feats or anything. But you know, overall, this movie is still punchy and it's fast and it's, it's delightfully crowd-pleasing. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, just felt like um, there's so much more. Like I want to see the ten part docu series, you know, the, the ten part drama rather uh, that that goes deep into all the areas I want it to go deep into. Yeah, I'm not into basketball, and I still love yeah. this movie. And I think that's at the end of the day, I agree with you. It it's 
it's a bit of a nothing burger because it's like, yeah. you know, and now, <laughs> now we think of Nike as this behemoth, but at one point Correct. Nike was the little guy. It was a little, little guy that everybody was laughing about. And it's kind of making a hero out of Nike at that time. Exactly, and, yeah. and the great creative decisions they made and the wonderful crazy genius person they had who came up with this new shoe and so forth. But I kind of, I kind of like the fact that somebody, Affleck and others, heard this little story or read this little book and thought that this is, this has all the, maybe it's the pacing with which it's directed. It's really very zippy. It's, I'm yep. surprised. I thought it was a 90 minute movie. I think it's like a two hour movie, but it feels much shorter than it is. But he recognized that there is, there is the little guy story here and there is, you know, these risks that people took and how you have to kind of sometimes be crazy to think outside the box. And there's all of these things. And, and it's remarkable that a movie about getting a signature at the end becomes like this great crowd pleaser. And I think that's a testament to how well it's been put together. But I, I agree, uh, there is no great revelation. The great revelation almost comes when you take the events from this movie within the context of everything else that followed after. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think I will try and go and see this one then. Oh, no, you have to. I mean, yeah. it's got that same kind of, you know, but Affleck knows how to, to, to move him a story along in a way that is, uh, you know, excitement. It adds a lot of tension. There are some, he's a great the director. Pacing is so yeah. Good you know, it has and an Argo, you know, yes. from Affleck, yeah. uh, has that same, you know, feel to it in terms of it. It looks and smells and feels of its time. Yeah, they got really carried away with that, but the story ticks along, and the characters and and the performances that he draws from everyone. I mean, you know, fa you know frankly, his Rolodex is is uh, you know just brimming, yeah, full, filled to the brim with with you know top talent but people play a little bit out of character i mean he plays a little bit out of character i think um jason bateman here is is not the jason bateman that we 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 know and love from all of the other things that he's done matt damon has a belly you know we don't see matt damon as an aging guy with a belly who's is you know, he you know so and they all nail their performances and i think i, I wish i'd almost followed told us a little bit more done a bit, bit bit i wish it almost been a bit more of a character study of the people rather than what it was which was for me a sports drama almost because you know we have our sports drama right we have our our big finale at the end which is you know the big game where you know they they look will they or won't they win yeah yeah we know they do because it's not a spoiler because we know air jordan's the best-selling shoe that's ever been created yada 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 um but that that will they won't they tension is like you know can they score that last second basket at the end of the game that will take them to the championship um you know okay. yeah two, i mean two things one is um by the way about what you said i think that's what i wrote in my notes we know how this is going to turn out from the very beginning right we know that they're talking about this product which which is venerated now but in spite of that the the suspense is in, in knowing how it actually worked out. So that again, you 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 know, if you had a person who was very workmanlike and didn't have a lot of strength to it, it would just be a sludge. Okay, we know how this played out. Right. Yeah. Just get to the end. But that's yeah. not. It creates a lot of suspense. But there are two things I want to mention. One is I really want to, I really want to uh, 
commend whoever did the casting in this because the casting is wonderful. I would not think of Ben Affleck to play the role he does, yeah. but more so, not in a hundred years would I think of Matt Damon to play that role because not just the physicality, he plays this person who is kind of, you know, this obtuse person who pisses everybody off. He's this kind of, you know, down on his luck kind of... Um, He's not very good with people, and Matt Damon has such a such a likable personality. You would not think of him in a course. But he's such a chameleon. I was just looking at his his resume and think of him in the Last Duel. Oh yeah, but he yeah. or you know, um, Mr. Ripley. Yeah, Mr. Ripley, and but I he, mean, he's very versatile. And this is if it's it's nobody's movie as much as as it's Matt Damon's movie, and it's a gift to him, and he runs with it, and he really sticks the landing. But Chris Tucker is here. We haven't seen Chris Tucker I in so know, long. I love Chris Tucker. Jason Bateman is here, and then we forget about Viola Davis. Rumor has it that when. Uh, Michael Jordan found out that this movie was going to be made. And he, he, you see his back in a couple of scenes, but he insisted that he wanted Viola Davis to play his mom. And, you know, she doesn't have much to do, but she does a great job with yeah, what she, she does. does do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and She's also amazing. Chris Messina is here. He's so good. We've seen him in other roles. So somebody has very good vision to, to use these actors in this, in this role. And it's very tight. There is not much meat to it. So really like that. The second thing I want to mention is I normally hate it when a movie has too much, too many needle drops, like constantly needle drops. Like there's some, and it gets tiresome. It's like, don't tell me how I should be thinking. I know I can figure it out. I'm smart enough. But this movie, every single needle drop is from the 80s. And I was like really grooving along to it. So I, for once, I forgave the movie. It has like there is a needle. There is a song playing when somebody gets out of a car. I'm like, really, yeah. you don't need you don't need this, a background oh, score I for love somebody a good to get 80s soundtrack. But all the big 80s movie uh, songs are in it. So yeah. I, I really appreciate okay, it for that. OK, as well. I feel like going out and watching this now. Yeah. yeah. OK, scores. Uh, I'll give it an eight. It's it, it is really really good. Um, it's it's a kind of movie that I think anyone and everyone would have a, just a rip roaring good time with. You know the performances are good, and so you know the the snooty critics are gonna uh, like it. It's well executed. Um, it's got enough of a, a you know a, a curve to it that everyone will kind of walk out with a big smile on their face, and you know you are rooting for all of these guys yeah. uh, at the end of it all. So yeah, it, it's it's a good time at the movies. I don't think it's going to be particularly memorable. I think if at the end of the year it had been released in December, this is the kind of movie that would end up with all the kind of the, right. the critic mass because you know if it, if it was timed like a David O. Russell movie to come out, you know, yeah. just as everyone's thinking about their ballots, I don't know that I'm going to remember this come end of the year okay Yasdi so on a tangent I went last night to watch a movie because you know I have AMC uh, A plus whatever A list and I landed up watch, watching Dungeons and Dragons uh, there's a reason I'm saying this it's the it's the it's the weekend that air has opened and there were like 45 theaters showing Dungeons and Dragons there were 90 showing Super Mario Brothers uh, there were some more showing John Wick, but only like two cinemas showing air, which really frustrates me because uh, you have a well-executed, well-made movie. With not a, a franchise. Great, with a great cast. It's just an original idea. Nobody has known about it. And it pisses me off that it's only, what more do you want than a movie with Viola Davis and Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon? And, yeah. You know, so 
I want original content like this with well-made movies to get more recognition. So I was going to give it an eight and a half out of 10, but I'm going to bump it up to a nine because it's wow. so, it's so, oh. it's such a good pro- product. And unlike you, Joe, I think, I don't know, I, I, we will find out, but I think I'm going to remember it because I found this movie truly inspiring and I, I don't find a lot of movies inspiring. Maybe I drank the Kool-Aid like a little too quickly, but when it happened, I felt like, if you really believe in something, you you got to take the leap and you got to jump jump off the cliff with it, which is this this is which is what this story is about. Mm-hmm. And it made me it, a, a tear didn't come out of my eye, <gasps> really? but it did wet. You it went did, misty. It, I was a little misty eyed towards the end. Wow. So it I don't know. I'm I'm a I, I maybe like, it's also like, like reminiscent it. of a time, right? Correct. We were all kids of the eighties, so I wonder if it like nostalgia so i bought the corn wow a nine <laughs> and an eight yeah that, well that's the that's very nine yes yes all right and now on to our final movie of the week which is john wick chapter four and you've got the intro i didn't know i had the intro oh i have the intro. oh you go- yes he yes. will do the intro that's right <laughs> so in um when was it it was in in 2014 uh a full t- what 14, nine years ago. Yeah, is it? God. Yeah, the original Isn't John... Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. The original John Wick movie came out and it was this little movie, you know, another yeah. dis- disposable little action movie. But it blew movie. our minds. I know, but, you know, it came out of nowhere and it, it was made by the guy who did all the stunts for Keanu Reeves uh, in the Matrix movies. Right. Uh, and he decided, Chad Stahelski... He just and David Leach, they decided to make a movie with him. It was about a guy who essentially wants revenge for the bad guys who killed his little dog. And so soon with it became the zeitgeist, right? It became part of popular culture and it really took off. And since then there has been, you know, John Wick two and John Wick three. And you know, you and I were talking about it earlier, Joe, how the original John Wick is so pure. It's almost like this shot of adrenaline. But then, you know, two and three has gotten kind of bogged down with too much story and lore and, you know, this other world and so forth. So we have the fourth installment now uh, of John Wick 4. And it has, you know, without a doubt made more money. I think it it made more money than all the other three combined. It's been like this juggernaut at the box office. And uh, once again, it's directed by Chad Stahelski. It's, It's the latest chapter and the IMDb. Summary is that John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. And if you want to know what the high table is, you'll have to painfully watch <laughs> John Wick 1, 2, and 3 again. Uh, but before Wick can learn can earn his freedom, he must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe uh, and for and you know go through events that force him to turn old friends into foes. Um, I didn't read that very well. But anyway, it's another installation of John Wick. It's got um, our same likable group of people. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is is here in, in the lead role. Lawrence Fishburne is here, as is Lance Riddick. Lance Riddick, unfortunately, passed away very recently. Thankfully, got to see the movie before he did. Uh, Ian McShane is here. Um, the great and comparable Donnie Yen from the Hong Kong action movies, uh, plays a very significant character and we can talk about him and the bad guy is played by no other than bill skarsgård uh from the it movies where he played pennywise and then shamir anderson is uh, is a pretty 
uh, is a new main character. I think the franchise is looking to maybe pass it on to to the younger actors, maybe, and he maybe fills that role. So, uh, a movie which came with a lot of expectation, uh, a movie which made a ton of money, does it deserve the veneration it has at this point in time in popular culture? John McFour, guys. So, uh, yeah, uh, so just to recap what you were talking about earlier, I mean, John Wick was so unexpected. It felt like a breath of fresh air. It was like packed with stunts and and inventive death scenes. John Wick 2 took it up. And uh, as I've said before, I think I borrowed this from maybe Mark Commode's review, but uh, it turned everything up to 11-something stupid, um, (laughs) which is, uh, you know, where do you go from there? You go to John Wick 3, which took... And I remember when we reviewed John Wick 3, I actually wanted to go back and listen to that. But I remember all of us, at least, you know, I remember me in particular thinking this was the too much foie gras, right? This mm-hmm. is like you take something that's really good and then, you know, you put three pounds of it on a plate and it doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like a three three large plates of Toro sushi, if that's your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like as delicious as it is, you know, the 17th piece is kind of a chore. And so I remember feeling John Wick 3 was hard work. Coming back to John Wick 4, it's now three hours mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. more of the same. But I think I get it. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I, when I was viewing this, uh, through the lens of John Wick 3, I was like getting exhausted by all of the murder that was happening constantly in front of the screen. Um, here, it kind of settles into almost like a rhythmic, uh, almost meditative <laughs> experience. And maybe I was feeling a little tired while watching it, but this movie has a certain cadence to it. It clicks along at a certain rhythm. It's it's almost, uh, I, I see one of the adjectives used here on, on Rotten Tomatoes by uh, one of the reviewers is, you know, like it's a ballet of mayhem and ultraviolence. And it is. It, 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 the story fades into the background to the point of irrelevance. What we have is... And I'm going to liken this to like a video game moment mm. where you can get yourself into a certain flow with certain games, right? If a game is well designed um, by pressing certain combinations of buttons and, and, and things, you can get yourself into a place where you are in sync with the game's world. Your actions um, flow. Uh, you can make moves and punches and kicks or you know, spells or shoot guns or whatever in a way that just flows beautifully and that's what this movie did it streamed beautifully from start to finish with with these acts of violence but every single one is different every person dies a different way in you know it's it's very inventive so i kind of get it did i love it no do i want to watch it again no but did i really appreciate the 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 craftsmanship here absolutely i admired the heck out of this movie um okay so it's not the fault of the movie that i was a little bit jet lagged and we went to watch a 6:45 showing and i was doing really well for about the first hour and then i i just couldn't keep my eyes open anymore but i don't know that's the fault of the movie or is it maybe i don't know it's all too much for me i don't understand <laughs> what we're watching anymore other than it's a man 
with a vendetta for revenge and freedom, right? That's how Keanu Reeves describes it. John Wick for a man with a quest for freedom and revenge. And I like how inventive the action scenes are. And Yazdi, you had told me before, because you'd said, I said, how many killings? And you wrote down 250... 217. 217 it, it, kills, that's right? Way that's way undercounted. Over, but it's, it's an undercount. I was going to say, that's an undercount, because you don't get all the henchmen. Um, that's overkill, <laughs> right? So that's what I, how I would describe this movie, overkill. It's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but I hope they don't make a John Wick 5. So I, I, I probably liked it a lot more than the two of you. Um, you wrote six pages. I wrote six pages. Well, I came That's came two home. for every hour. <laughs> no, I loved it. Uh, yeah. So okay. I, I... You loved, you liked it more than I did? That's, well, it's subjective. I, Let I, it, I, yeah. I, I, I want to hear. Like, so what? I think it's undeniably entertaining, but it's exactly what you said, Joe, which is that it is a surf and turf, all-you-can-eat platter <laughs> yeah. offering... You know, it's an offering to the fans of the franchise. It's like, this is what you've come for. This is what you've paid your $15 yeah. for. Yeah, I'm going to give you two hours and 50 minutes worth of it. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's undeniably effective, but it's also gotten to a point where it's dangerously close to becoming like a parody of itself. Yes. Because there's all these, you know, other shady characters. And, you know, he there are at least two two times in the movie where he falls a great big distance. And yes. one time he hits a concrete yes. concrete piece of piece of concrete jutting you out. Die. And then he hits he falls down. And another time he falls out from a third third floor of a building and he falls on a car. And he just like uh, he's aching, you know, he's old and he's aching. But he aches and he gets up with all his bones intact. He's got no bruises. So he, it it's almost comical at this point where it's like he is this invincible unkillable you know machine uh unkillable in quotes but my you know so anyway i mean i <laughs> so it's it's kind of like at some point you're rolling your eyes okay now here's the thing about this movie i think it, i really liked so what was happening is John Wick was great. Then they wanted to make another one. So they had to amp up the violence. They had to amp up the, the creativity of the action scenes. And they had to amp up, you know, where you were seeing it. And I think um, two and three got too violent for me. There were people being jabbed with, you know, through their eyes with pencils. Yeah. So this one, I think they've dialed back. Mm. There's a lot of violence. People are dying it's not all as the gruesome. time. But it's not gruesome. And that's what I really appreciated. It's not fanciful. Like, you know, they aren't putting things in people's necks. You know, people aren't being decapitated. Well, big samurai swords. I know, but it's, it's relatively not bloody. It's almost sure. comic book-like. So I appreciated that. But I all but the things I did like with Wick two and three was that it was extremely inventive with the action scenes, right? It's like a horse on an elephant, you know, jumping through, you know, a tunnel, right? And th there's this famous scene of him in a tunnel where he's on a horse and then he yeah. jumps from the horse to the bike. And That's I right. loved how creative that was. In John Wick four, it's back to back, wall to wall action, but the action is not terribly creative. What is creative is the production design. It's I there are it's shot in places which if they really exist, 
then I want to. I, I want to go, go to. Agree. Right. The the hotel in Osaka the looks hotel, amazing. The Osaka hotel in Japan. I don't know if it exists or if they made it up. The Osaka International. Yeah. There is this nightclub in you know which has like three levels and it's all concrete and there's waterfall and people are dancing to this throbbing beat. Does that exist? I don't know. If it does, I want to visit it. Well, I don't want to because you know what? The, if people but, are dancing while people are getting killed without even like. So they're not even batting an eyelid. It's so, so weird. So that's in my notes, right? It's very much like the Zion scene in Major. Correct, but. it was. But it, it is comical because he is being pursued by this crazy person. He's coming at it, shooting, and there are a hundred people around them and they continue to dance. It's like, what's going on? And it's weird on? dancing. So, it was so odd. But, uh, but so, so anyway, and then there is like this, this giant hall one time where they're walking through... The last, I'm, I'm not giving anything away, the last half hour of the movie is, maybe the last 40 minutes of the movie is set in Paris. Yes, so, I love that. That building does exist, by the way. We've been to it. It's a Louis Vuitton museum. Okay. Yes, and it's yes. insane. Joe actually woke me up for that bit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, because I mean, it was like, we, we've it's been lovely. To it. The nightclub part? It's or the no? bit with the waterfall oh, where the bad guy is. Right, right, right. Yes. Where the bad guy is. Um, that building actually looks like that. It's, it's crazy. It's stunning. Like, why would you build a building like this? Oh, to put it in a John Wick movie. So I love <laughs> that Stahelski has kind of invested his time to find these amazing locations. And I think that's a lot of the budget has gone into that. So I, I really, that's what I did appreciate about this movie. But I what mean, made you uh, love it so much? Sorry, because you said you love it so much. But no, what? I don't love it so much. I think it's an eight out of ten for me. Okay, it's not a nine oh, out of you 10. gave that away quickly. <laughs> no, no, but but I, I think because it's so eager to give people what they want, it gets very exhausting. It it's very exhausting. Um, and there's a, there's a point in this movie where there's an aerial shot of John Wick going through these different rooms, which is stunning, which is stunningly shot. But I'm like, this okay. looks like a video game to me because it you get, does. You, it's totally, it's, it does. it's recreating a video game. It's exactly that. Right. And it's exactly that. So that, you know, I, 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 I'm, of the three of us, I'm, I'm the one that's played mm -hmm. the most video games by far. Right. And I'm, right. I'm, I won't say I'm quite in tune with, with modern games. I don't have as much time and energy to, to invest in that. Um, but as a teenager and in my twenties and in, well, in, well into my thirties, I was like, you know, and a bit more, that was, that was, no, I mean, I still have the latest PlayStation. Right. Um, but that was how I spent my time. Right. I've been to these worlds, this, and this, there's something I don't get about modern gaming, which is, there's a service called Twitch that Amazon mm -hmm. bought yeah. where people go on and they watch other people playing games. And this thing is a phenomenon. It's, it's like Amazon bought it for like you know, a gazillion dollars, I think in the billions, right? Why would anyone watch somebody else playing games? Yeah. Playing a game is an interactive experience, right? It's like watching somebody eat a sandwich. Like, why would you do that? Like, no, you want to eat the sandwich yourself. Wait, wait. But there's a whole world out there now of people watching voyeuristic games. and this is it's what well, you you say that but then the argument is well why would you watch somebody play a game because like when you a movie, see i guess somebody right play a game at a certain level when you see watch somebody why would you see why, why would you watch somebody play football right like why would you watch somebody play sports why would you watch somebody on a bike because when you see it done at a high level mm. there's artistry in that there's accomplishment, there's skill, there's something joyous about watching that. And this John Wick movie, to me, is almost tapping into that vibe, right? Tapping mm. into that thing where 
John Wick as a character is so accomplished at dispatching bad guys, right? That scene, that overhead shot, there's a flow to it. The way that the gun, the metallic clink of the gun, it's very satisfying. The, the explosion when the gun fires and the big pop of fire that comes out of it. When you see it overhead and you see all these bad guys coming from different directions and he has this sixth sense about where he's being attacked from. It's a dance. It's a dance. Right. And it's, it's it, I, that, what, that what I'm saying is, I feel like it's its own genre. It's like it's like the dance. It's like a violent mm-hmm. battle dance. There is an artistry to it that I'm I'm like really like you know giddy on. Like it, it it's gotten me a little drunk with it, and I was a fit, I was fatigued with the movie about a third of the way through it, and then I just settled into its groove, and I was like, this is awesome. I could be here for another three hours and enjoy this play out because it's it's just it's so skillfully and artfully um yeah it's, artfully done it it's like he's the centerpiece in this dance yeah. and different people are coming and pairing up with him hmm. yeah and in a way it, it is so much like a video game because if you look at it with the exception of maybe three or four bad guys in the movie and the bad guys by the way are all this not just Tall, muscular people. They're wide, stocky, yes. Eastern European yeah. people. Yes. Across the board. That's all. All the bad guys are big, fat, hulking people. Um, or blind Asians with, with yeah. Yeah, yeah, we haven't let's, even let's gone talk, on to that bit yet. Yeah. But, but let me, but, before, but, sorry. I, but, but the exception of those guys, the 217 people he kills, they're all faceless, formless, amorphous, yeah. often masked people that he's shooting. So it's, it is very much a video game-like experience where it's like... NPCs, non-player right, characters in right, video games. They right. exist to be shot. Right. <laughs> and that can get... If you, if, if, you, if you get into the... If you get into the zone, that, yes. can, be, that can be a thrill. But otherwise, it's just... It, it can get exhausting. So yeah, here's the thing. On. Look, I, I'm not averse to action. I'm not averse to seeing the killing. And I love John Wick 1. What's interesting for me as a viewer of these John Wick movies is the world that they've so painstakingly created. And so I feel that where we got in number one and number two, especially the world, that was completely missing here. So we keep hearing about the table. And I said to Joe before the film started, I wish I'd done a recap on John Wick 3 because I don't even remember John Wick 3 other than I counted the number of kills. But But you remember my response to that? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. But for me personally, as a viewer, I wish there had been more of a investigation of that world or maybe a prequel of what that world is and why it exists and who it is and why it is right because now we're hang on because because first we hear about the the london you know everything's happened in london and now we're in osaka so what is the connection between all these hotels and how they work and that's what i want to know can i respond to that yes you, you you can't know. Because I know. If, because if you did know, you'd be disappointed. Sure. Right? It's like Matrix 2 and 3. Yeah. When you explain it's true. what it is. Right. Yeah. When you explain what the mystery then is, it's like, oh, it that's can it. never be as exciting as what your brain and where your brain can take it. So, sure. Good know, point. The the lore, I know, you know, the L-O-R-E, the comic yeah. lore, is, is tantalizing, right? But the fact that we never really understand what's going on, who it is, what the table is, all of this kind of yeah. stuff. Um, I think they've made a conscious decision to not get further into it because, and, and honestly, I couldn't really tell you the plot of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think they stepped back from making it too plotty. Sure. Because that would just bog it down. Yeah. 
Let that, that just do, let's let's give the people what they came for. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, and now let's talk about the blind, the blind, blind assassin. Yes, the blind assassin. What is going on there? I, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 there to watch Donnie, and I, I'm glad that it's finally tipped into bringing in the true action superstars globally, yes, which are the Hong correct. Kong action people. Yes, good but point. I had a problem with. I mean, as wonderful as Donnie Yen is. I had a hard time believing nobody can get to a person who is literally blind. And at some points, you know, he puts these little tickers, you know, he, as, as he's going, he yeah. puts it so he can hear people coming. But at other times, till the end, nobody can get to this man and he's blind and he's fighting with people and he's blind. That beggars belief. So I know it's a very cool concept and it's gimmicky and you kind of get to see it, but I didn't for a minute believe a blind person so, could hold himself. You've never been trapped in a room full of clickers in The Last of Us, right? The video no. game. And clickers are zombies that have, uh, they're not zombies, they're infected where the fungus has taken over their body and it's destroyed their head and it can't see anymore. Okay. So they echolocate, right? Right. And a clicker is remarkably perceptive as a, as a, as a, a creature, as a creature, as an antagonist towards you as, a, as, as, as the protagonist in these stories, right? Um, because it forces you to be stealthy and and so that's the Donnie Donnie Yen character yeah that's the Donnie Yen character he relies so much his other senses are heightened so much to compensate I, you get yeah, it I, I, I get, get it, it yeah but <laughs> but I agree yeah. I mean there are times when Keanu's kind of you know out of breath clicking his gun and nothing happens and then you know, he like, like his hair ruffles he, in the wind, and he, he steps can on like a piece of glass, and suddenly, yeah. you know, right. a samurai sword comes flying towards him. So it, it's not consistently done, but that that's the that's what's going on there. Yeah, <laughs> I also want to mention that I think uh, Chelsky did a really good job in picking the bad guy. Yes. with Bill Skarsgård, yes. and Bill's, we've seen Bill Skarsgård in a lot of movies, but I don't think the cameras ever loved him as much as yes. they might as well practically throw like gold dust on his face yeah. or something. He is brightly golden. lit, and he's golden, and he's wearing again these immaculate suits. They're overly I ornate, know, but I I'm know. like, I want that suit. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know where to and wear the it. Chains on his waistcoat, right? And there's many buttons on his waist, more buttons than there need to be. But it's re it's really yeah. smart because. He has this cherubic presence, which when you combine with how evil or, or just, yeah. just you know, it really works. It, it's, it's a very fascinating character. So they, you know, did really good on that. One other thing I want to say, I, th I think by this time, everybody knows that the last half an hour of the movie is set at, at the Sakrakar and, you know, you have to climb these steps. And it becomes a game of snakes and ladders, yes. right? Because he goes all the way to the top and then somebody hits him and he doesn't roll once. Keanu Reeves keeps rolling. I I'm like, know. this is, this is the best assassin in the world. Does he have to roll down 200 steps and go all the way down? And he's only got two minutes to get back up, <laughs> right? Because right? it's a time. Like, stop rolling. You know, but he keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. <laughs> the other time, there is this booty on his head. There is this... Uh, not booty on his head. Yeah, there's a price to his head, right? Where bounty, bounty, booty, bounty, bounty is the one booty. On his Where head. is your brain, Yasti? <laughs> there is a, there is a bounty on his head, and he has to make he has to make make his way to the sacrifice, right? And and people, if if you kill him, you can get like millions 26 of dollars. Twenty six million. Twenty six million. So all the bad guys in Paris are after him. 
And what does he do? He shows up at the Arc de Triomphe. My point is, come on. Could he have, he might have said, worn a t-shirt which said, come kill me and make some money. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. I would be like yep. wearing a coat and quietly, a mask, yeah. a mask and quietly hiding behind benches. But look, he shows up on at the damn Arc de Triomphe with everybody getting at him. And doesn't it's, it look splendid? It looks splendid. It looks, I mean, look, <laughs> looks this splendid, is not yeah. grounded in any form of yeah, reality, right? right? Yeah. We're watching a superhero. This yes. is, this may as well yeah. be like a Marvel movie yes. in my mind. Yes. You know, where John Wick, he's just less than having a cape. I mean, his, and, yeah. and here's the other thing I missed. In number two, we had a lot of the technology of the suit, mm-hmm. right? And the clothing and how it protects them and stuff. I was just missing a bit of that. Well, at this point, they're like, they all have the technology. So, right, they've all so got nobody, it. nobody gets, they're all wearing Teflon suits, so nobody, Teflon yeah, or whatever yeah, it is. What it, what, yeah, I think uh, it uh, is. Kevlar. Kevlar, Kevlar, Kevlar that's right. Teflon, Teflon would be plastic. No, Kevlar. <laughs> Teflon would Kevlar, explain, yes. yeah, why he would slide all the way Why he was dry, yeah, why he was dry. <laughs> yeah, um, anyway. It's really funny, I know, I was watching some of the background and people get shot, but then they don't die, but then they do get, sh- it's very, yeah. Yeah. Okay, should we wrap this one up? Go for it. Okay. So um, it's really hard for me to grade this one. I agree with a lot of what you guys have said, and you've probably made me increase my score by one. Um, So I'm going to give this one a six out of 10. Really? Yeah. Chapter four, six out of 10. (laughs) I give it an eight out of 10. You've been very generous today, Yazdi. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it while watching the movie. I was I was getting mildly annoyed because it is a very long movie, but it looks super cool. It does look very it's good. So and and it looks cool. I mean, they have perfected the action, right? The action, uh the mechanics of the action. There's this wonderful uh, action scene set at uh, at the at this Osaka International Hotel where they're at, at the bottom where there's all these different things in glass. Yeah. You know, um, and it's it's like a long 20-minute sequence. So they've they've literally, the, the dance steps have been perfected and it looks really cool. But I think even outside of that, the movie visually looks, the production design is impeccable. Yeah. All the places where these things happen is yeah. wonderful to look at. Yeah. So as a pure shot of adrenaline, yeah, I was I was shaking. I was a buzz. Uh, I I think I don't know. I don't want to see another John Wick movie for at least a few years. Uh, it it can be a little. Ex- it it is a little exhausting. So eight score eight out of oh, 10. eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I think I came into this re- review with with the thought that this would be an eight out of ten, but. Um, in the in the in the short time I've had to think about it, and this discussion here, kind of bringing out how I really feel about the movie, um, I think they've trained me to enjoy my caviar by the bucket. Ah, <laughs> really? You're going to yeah, give it a... I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. It, it was excellent. I do like your point of view about the gaming piece. Mm, I think you... excellent. Yeah. But you have to understand that this isn't a plot... Correct. ...type thing. This is... This is this is I love I keep looking at Rotten Tomatoes I keep using the word ballet which I hate because I don't think this is like a ballet I think this is something else this is very intricate choreography but it's it's beautifully choreographed and and I'm not talking about pacing in terms of plot but I'm talking about the cadence of the movie it clicks 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 along it's non-stop and you know when you know what you're going to get next but it 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 just has this and yeah uh, you're right there's something that's not as inventive as before mm-hmm. but yeah it's not as gruesome there's a satisfying 
the sound design is sound is, is, is like impeccable. Yeah, the, the 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 metallic and the and the blam of the gun. I don't know if you realize, but every gun sound is identical, and so there's this like just you know visceral punch every time so it's it's just beautifully done well mm. incredibly well crafted and i don't know what it is this is something new this is different to the others because it's more than the others and mm. and it and it flows so i would like to watch I'm, all I'm of them again this, i'm gonna give this a nine i really wow. I, I thought this was stunning wow yeah and we haven't talked about keanu reeves who kind of he's 58 yeah he just the man is 58 you know, he looks and, good, and he looks good, and there are. Make other you both look like that when you're 58. I look. Please, I don't. Better than I'm never going to look like that well, ever. Better, I will look better than that. <laughs> okay, good for you. you. Yes, uh, but you I'll know, he he makes surgery, that whole exhausted everything. assassin thing kind of. He makes it work. Yeah, and you know, he. I don't know. I, I, there are some. There are some reviews which says that he only utters like 22 words in the whole movie yeah, or, or 200 s- words or something I like was that, trying yeah. to imagine what the screenplay <laughs> play would look like. Like, is it just action scene after action scene and no, like interior? Yeah. Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Louis Vuitton Museum. Man yeah. kicks, you know, Kian, you know, whatever, John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think we underestimate. Keanu Reeves. Maybe we don't. Maybe maybe no, maybe he's celebrated do. enough. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think he's celebrated enough. But yes. All right, that's half an hour of John Wick, guys. Yeah, okay. I think that it would be the, that. We're we... worse than the filmmakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in in relation. Yes. All right, let's wrap up for today. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, I always say this, but um, we do appreciate people who listen all the way. Yes. To the end, so you guys rock. Uh, we do this for you. Well, we do it for us, but also for you. Until our next podcast, too many movies, too little time. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well.